Here, Rainbow Radio on KXFM 104.7 in a fabulous day here in Laguna Beach. Mostly cloudy, early than sunshine for the afternoon. High is 72. I mean, you couldn't have written it better than that. 10 to 15 mile per hour. Humidity, 80%. So we will, we will stay hydrated and beautiful all day long. Laguna Beach, yes, we love you. We love you. We love you. Uh, lots going on here in uh, lovely Southern California. As we know, as I like to say, it's the center of the universe here in Laguna Beach. We love it. Um, lots, uh, 
going on towards the end of this month as well. Luna Beach Pride has uh, lots of activities. If you got the notice this week, tickets are on sale for their big event on the 6th. But uh, as they, as we um, move along, some sad news. The Royal Hawaiian that's been around, oh, I don't know, since dirt. I love it. It's It's a time capsule. It's a part of the heritage of Laguna Beach. It's closing on the 31st. But never fear. Laguna Beach Pride will be there with Andorra and a, and a lunch menu. So you can celebrate early. Uh, it starts at noon to 3. And it's a drag bingo with Andorra. And uh, that uh, kicks off. Well, that starts of Pride uh, Week for Laguna Beach Pride, because this year we're doing it uh, in uh, the end of June and the 1st of August. So uh, tickets are available for that. You do need to call the Royal Hawaiian and make your arrangements there. Um, Morrow will be sadly missed at that location. I hope he moves on to a new location and we can celebrate his arrival there. But uh, that's the sad news. Um, we had booked this, uh, oh, probably three weeks ago and didn't know that this was going to be going on. And in fact, that it is. So uh, it should be one heck of a time. It's like uh, burning the house down, I guess. I know I want to do that. But um, so it um, should be quite an affair. But then on Friday, we've partnered with, Laguna Beach Pride has partnered with the Playhouse and a rather campy version of Xanadu with Olivia Newton-John on rollerblades. Well, she won't be there, but uh, that's what it was. The movie was about Xanadu. So if you wear your cheap polyester and and uh, come into, into Xanadu, uh, that's... Uh, that's that's what you do. Uh, we're, there's going to be a reception there uh, in um, what what is called. Uh, it's called the well. It's it starts at six o'clock. The reception and there'll be free light bites and some uh, a no host bar, and then it that goes till seven or six thirty. And at seven thirty at six, six so it starts at six. Goes till seven thirty. Seven thirty. Then uh, we get on with the. Um, with the big event, which is uh, the stage play of Xanadu. So we encourage everyone to show up. It's It should be a fun kickoff. We call it our kickoff party for uh, Laguna Beach Pride. And then um, that's the Friday event. Saturday, is if you want to hike, there's a hiking thing. Harry Huggins is going to um, guide people through the, in the canyon, in the, in the uh, canyon open spaces and that goes on from I think eight o'clock for a couple hours but it's all on the website Laguna Pride 365 actually just go to com or .org excuse me lagunabeachpride.org and you can read all about it and then on Saturday further in the afternoon on Saturday at uh, four o'clock four to ten o'clock it's the big event the really big event and there's, I can't begin to tell you what the, all the kind of entertainment and things that are going on. There's, there's also a kitty corner for the parents with kids. We encourage that. There's entertainment, there's dancing, there's food trucks, there's, oh, everything you would want to see at a pride fair or a festival. And that's, uh, again, on Saturday. And then Sunday, it's out at the fair at uh, the Orange County Fair. And that's from 11 to 5. And then after at 5 o'clock, if you want, there is a um, a free music in the canyon that I just found out about from Chris Tebbett. And it's um, now what the entertainment is eludes me, but it uh, uh, you could wrap up the weekend. Um, I want to say it's, I'll get the information for you uh, a little bit later, but that's the deal. It's, it's coming up the end of this month. And uh, so don't go anywhere. Stick around for what's happening. <laughs> in Laguna Beach Pride. I want to thank our sponsor again, Mike Johnson and uh, Compass Realty and uh, Chris Tibbet. They've been so supportive of Laguna Beach Pride and we appreciate that and the station as well. Um, it's all good. It's all good stuff. Something else we're doing 
And uh, if you've read Stu News this week, you saw an article about the a bit of a, I wouldn't say controversy, but a bit of a, some undecided and then some decided and then some compromise on a lifeguard tower in uh, Laguna Beach. And um, at the same time, Laguna Beach Pride is working on a rainbow lifeguard tower for West Street Beach. And I've got some stuff put together and I do have a price. And this week I will be presenting that to the city council for support. I have presented it to the county and the county has given it a thumbs up um, and indicated that um, we need to present it to the city of Laguna Beach. And if the city approves it, then they uh, indicated, yes, they would love to have the tower facility as part of the equipment that they manage. And so uh, look, look forward to that. We will need to do some fundraising for that. And at this point, um, the numbers are a bit high, but I hope that the community gets behind it because I think it would be a really nice, super nice addition for West Street Beach. The idea behind it, uh, let me tell you what, it's not just to put up some rainbows and say, yeah, yeah, here we are. We're cool. No, no, no. So um, the support and purpose, they might be asked why there is so much support and interest in a project Rainbow of Diversity on the Beach. Yeah, why? It is a simple and clear and powerful message of kindness and inclusion at a time in our world when it becomes, when it seems to be in very short supply. It is a message to celebrate our differences and to bring everyone together as a community and to celebrate what we have here in Laguna Beach, our beaches and a beautiful environment and our diverse and rich culture. That is the legacy and the history of Laguna Beach being celebrated. So that's the purpose of it. We, we feel it's, it is a good message and a message of, and there will be a plaque we want to put on it. And what would that plaque say? Well, the plaque is to honor. It's in, in recognition of Eldridge Bud Lowenguth, Guth, Lowenguth, <clears throat> probably butchering that name, for his endearing spirit of friendship and kind-hearted generosity. For that, the community dedicates this Rainbow Life Guard Tower in his honor. It was Bud Lowenguth's home above here, and it's, it's, it's being read as if it were on the tower at West Street Beach. So that's uh, got to give you that perspective, I think. For, it, uh, for that, community dedicates this Rainbow Life Guard Tower in his honor. It was at Bud Lowenguth's home above here on Monterey Street that started as the hub of activity with his many visiting friends throughout from throughout California that ultimately brought an avid LGBTQ core group from the uh, to the beach activities below. And it was Bud's spirit that has endured and endeared generations of like-minded beachgoers to enjoy West Street Beach and the warm hospitality of Laguna. Thank you, Bud, and thank for being a friend. So it's a recognition of the individual who kind of kind of put it together at that location and that beach that I know when I uh, was um, in management at uh, Main Street Bar and Cabaret, we would have people that would come from all over the world to Laguna Beach because we are just a really nice little community and our presence is known far and wide. and. Uh, the beach was one of those attractions that brought them here um, on an international level. So it's well known, and I think it's appropriate that we honor the beach with this uh, rainbow lifeguard tower. So the tower is, is a really nice tower. Um, it's made of fiberglass and stainless steel. It's designed to last forever and ever and ever. It's made by a company here in uh, Santa Ana. It's the only lifeguard tower company that is, makes them out of fiberglass and stainless steel to last forever. And the owner actually lives here in Laguna Beach. And his uh, company has provided lifeguard towers all over the world from Hawaii to places in Europe. I believe he said France to me. Um, all over uh, California, certainly. So um, we're blessed to have him in the community as well. So. Uh, we it's about a two month production time because they're kind of lined up right at the moment 
wouldn't you know, it's summer. <laughs> and speaking of summer, aren't we in the, the middle of summer? Isn't this July um, 16th? How much more in the middle of the summer can you get, you know? And I have to say, I know the traffic is bad, but I think it's been worse. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> no. So this is Craig on KXFM Radio in Laguna Beach, Rainbow Radio. We have lots of news coming up. We're going to take a one-song music break. Uh, and we will be back on the other side of that with on this week in history. And uh, bring you up to date, which I haven't been able to do in the last couple of weeks, and it's long overdue. <laughs> Don't give up as long as you have the music in you. And um, the more, I don't know, maybe it's age, but I think the more, <laughs> the more I reflect on music, the more I realize just how, how profoundly it, important it is in our culture. It just brings so many things together. And it's very, very much like art, because it is art, <laughs> I suppose, but uh, I don't know anything that uh, brings a connection across cultures like music does and sends a message like art. Um, so uh, lately I've been discovering this. I'm going to sound all maudlin now, but um, I worked at a record shop 
when they had records. They don't seem to have many of those places anymore. And um, we actually sold, I actually sold Long Play, which, um, and 45. So there were 33 and a third and 45. So when a hot song came out, they were on a 45 single. <laughs> and uh, then the albums came out and there were, um, they were the our album covers were all works of art, which was really, really cool. And um, so I remember many album covers. And uh, I, lately I've been uh, rediscovering a lot of that old music but it, it provokes so many memories that you kind of stored away and forgot about. And I think music is the key to unlocking those memories. And it's profound. I don't think that I could unlock those memories without that music. Does that sound odd? I don't know. I don't know. They hear the music and you go, oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> it provokes a, a memory that was so long lost that you thought, and some of the memories you want to go, oh, oh, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't listen to that song. <laughs> uh, like the time Boy George was singing, do you really want to hurt me? And I had gotten in a car accident, but um, I digress. <laughs> oh, well, I got to have a laugh once in a while. So be careful when you listen to old music. <laughs> oh, but there's there, but for the most part. You remember the good music and the good times. Let's leave it at that. Okay, so let's get on with On This Day in History for the week, starting July 16th, the middle of the summer. Here we are, folks. It's not a bad time in history. Um, that is, if you ignore the Internet and you ignore all what's going on out there and you just pay attention to the weather, <laughs> it's a good week. So on this day in history, in 1982, a federal judge rules that the Immigration and Naturalization Services policy of exchanging foreign gays. Oh, excuse, not exchange, maybe we should exchange foreign gays. <laughs> excuse me. Um, excluding foreign gays from entering the United States is unconstitutional and violates guarantees of free speech and free association. That was in 82. Good. So sometimes those judges are good. Sometimes we have some issues, but in 82, apparently we had a really good judge there. In 1984, the U.S. News and World Reports, that, that, was a, that was a news magazine, I remember that one, reports that gay men and lesbians with an estimated 17 million potential voters now make up the seventh largest voting bloc in the United States after women, evangelical Christians, the young, the elderly, blacks, and union members. Hmm, who would have thought? <laughs> Moving on to the 17th of July on this day in history. In 1968, ooh, boy, that's, that's a long time ago. The Wall Street Journal publishes an article entitled U.S. homosexuals, oh my God, gain in trying to persuade society to accept them. Really? Was that on their agenda? <laughs> I, think, I think they just wanted to live a full life and not be, not be harassed and hated. But yeah, that's 68. In 1982, Queen Elizabeth's personal bodyguard, 50-year-old Commander Michael Trestrail, is forced to resign after British newspapers reveal he is gay. In the royal family? Well, working for the royal family. And has been involved in a long-term relationship with a male prostitute. Later reports surfaced that Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher wanted to make gays in the palace a public issue until Queen, the Queen allegedly summoned her to Buckingham Palace and told her to mind her own effing business. Ah, good on you, Queen. <laughs> oh, I love it. That was in 82. <laughs> oh, Margaret Thatcher, you, you winch. I love it. Don't you mess with my staff, Margaret. <laughs> Mind your own business and keep your beeswax out of my palace. 
someone should call up the queen and say thank you. <laughs> Moving along to July 19th <clears throat> on this day in history. <clears throat> oh, we're getting going way back there again. 1966, around 25 people picketed Compton's Cafeteria in San Francisco when new management begins using Pinkerton agents to police and harass gay and transgendered customers. <clears throat> well, gay element. Maybe they should have established a gay-free zone like they did in, um, in what country was that in Europe? <laughs> Poland, I believe. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hmm. Moving along to 1990, two uh, congregations of the Lutheran Church, both in San Francisco, are suspected of having an ordained gay and lesbian pastors. Oh, my God. What did they do in 1990? Well, apparently they had them. <laughs> That's okay. And we skip the 19th of July and move on to the 20th. Because apparently there was no history in the 19th. Now we're going way back to Paris in 1845. A mob attacks a group of about 50 men arrested by police in a sweep of the Tuileries Gardens, a popular cruising area. Oh, my God. In 1951, the missions and purposes of the Medellin Society are ratified under a California corporation. Wow. Guess they had no choice, California. You know, California is doing some really cool things lately. I have to say, Governor Newsom signed a bill on its first day in office to designate funds from a surplus in the budget so that California could develop its own insulin and tell the drug companies to go <clears throat> themselves <laughs> and their high prices and make it available at, at, at cost to people who need insulin. I think that's great. And I'd like to see how that's progressing. I, I guess it's it's coming to fruition here uh, lately. So stay tuned. <laughs> Moving along to 1981 on this day in history for July 20th, despite having privately acknowledged her bisexuality, which is a cover to say that you're really gay. But anyway, to officials from the Immigration and Naturalization Service, Czechoslovakian-born tennis champion Martina Navratilova. Navitorlova, Rola, is uh, finally granted U.S. citizenship six years after she defected. So she had to see, see. She had to say she was bisexual because if she said she was lesbian, lesbian. Oh no! Go back to that thing where oh, mm -hmm, eighty-one. Okay, moving along to nineteen eighty-three. The House votes four hundred and twenty to three to censure representatives Gary. E. Studs, a Democrat from Massachusetts, and David B. Crane, a Republican from Illinois, for sexual misconduct with White House pages. Studs later reads reports, rep reads reporters a statement saying that the censure was not warranted. His affair with the page was private and mutual voluntary. He adds that he hopes to emerge from the present situation a wiser and more tolerant and more complete human being. The censure strips studs and his chairmanship from the Coast Guard and Navigation Subcommittee. We are here to repair the integrity of the United States House of Representatives, proclaims Newt Gingrich, a Republican from Georgia. Oh, thank you, Newt. I'm so glad you're there to repair the integrity because you found a homosexual. Oh, that's just disgusting. Uh, I'm entitled to my opinion. <laughs> in 1984, a 40-year-old gay San Franciscan named John O'Connell is murdered and another man injured when five men, all in their late teens or early 20s, drive into the city from nearby Vallejo looking to beat up some fags. The murders are all released in 1990 after only serving four years of their 15-year to life terms. That's just lovely. Uh, 
Uh, moving on to 2005, uh, Bill C-38 receives royal assent legalizing same-sex marriage in Canada nationwide. Yay! The first same-sex couple to receive a marriage license under the new law is a couple from Alberta. How about that? That was July 20th. Moving along. <laughs> I'm trying to keep you awake here. I don't want you to fall asleep on me. In July 21st, in 1980... Oh, 32-year-old Italian Enzo Francone in Moscow for the Summer Olympics chains himself to a fence in Red Square to protest Soviet persecution of homosexuals. That's 1980, folks. That's like uh, 20 plus 20 plus 2. That's 42 years ago. Uh... Not much has changed. With Western journalists looking on, a group of KGB officers move in and drags Fracone away. So 42 years later, they're still dragging Fracone away from Red Square. Whoa. I don't think they're still dragging him away here in the U.S. In 1981, George Hamilton plays the twin roles of Don Diego Vega and his lookalike gay brother, Bunny Wigglesworth. What? <laughs> In the new farce, Zorro. Oh, okay. The Gay Blade, which is roundly panned by critics. I never saw it. I did have a friend say, oh, Craig, you got to see this. He was straight. So what? Um, maybe he didn't have a fine appreciation for it. I don't know. I, I, maybe I should see it before I draw judgment. In 1988... Massachusetts Governor Michael Dukakis officially becomes the Democratic candidate for president at the party's convention in San Francisco. In his acceptance speech, he calls AIDS the greatest public health emergency of our lifetime and a disease that must be conquered. Yeah. And that was probably a pretty controversial thing to say in 1988. Yeah. Okay. And wrapping it up on the last day, on this day in this week in history, <laughs> in uh, gay history, in, uh, on July 22nd, in 1980, the United Kingdom, in the United Kingdom, the House of Commons extends the Sexual Offenses Act to cover Scotland, decriminalizing most private consensual acts between men. But see, it had already been deep. It never was criminalized between women. You get that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, they decriminalized it between men. And that, you fo- folks, you have is on This Week in History on KXFM 104.7. Craig, in, here in lovely Laguna Beach, California, we'll be back with some national news. I only have two news articles this week. Because I vetted out all the bad stuff. <laughs> and unfortunately, when I do that, I don't come up with too many, too many good things. But, you know, I'm, I'm determined to, to stick with the good and toss out the bad. Because, you know, sometimes that's what you need to do. <laughs> what can I say?
Boy, George, and uh, do you really want to hurt me? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, getting along with the news, as I said, I have two articles here, the best I could find. I mean, out of probably 30, <laughs> odds aren't too good out there to find happy good news. And these are, these are okay. So, we're moving on to Central America and the Caribbean, or the Caribbean, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Antigua and Barbuda overturn colonial era law criminalizing gay sex how about that there as i have said many times before colonial era law is um permeated all around the, the globe because the well the uh, british empire permeated all around the globe and along with it came this colonial era law and it's still on the books in a lot of countries and <clears throat> within their constitutions and their laws and all this other stuff and culture has uh, imbe embedded it in their culture and yada 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 I go on so I'm glad to see that it is it is changing and so here is yet another example of it being changed a Caribbean or Caribbean court has ruled a colonial era law in Antigua and Barbuda that criminalizes gay sex is unconstitutional yay a landmark win for campaigners the Eastern Caribbean, a Caribbean Supreme Court, found that the selection of an intimate partner is a private and personal choice. Yes. <laughs> the rules, ruling also said that the Twin Island Nation's 1995 Sexual Offenses Act <clears throat> offends the right to liberty, the protection of the law, and freedom of expression, protection of personal privacy, and protection from discrimination on the basis of sex. Wow. Hmm. It comes after a gay man who works in uh, at Antigua's Ministry of Health and a local group called Women Against Rape, Inc., Wari for short, called for the law to be overturned. Thank you, ladies, for doing that. Women Against Rape, Wari. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was uh, the seventh of this month that that all happened. So things are changing. Times are changing. Now, this next article I found kind of interesting because I do come from a rural community where there's a lot of farmers. And I thought there were probably never any gay farmers or gay cowboys or any of that. But boy, was I wrong. <laughs> and then I, I was working at the Hyatt Tahoe. I was the night manager at the Hyatt Tahoe, actually. And uh, they someone said they're having a gay ro rodeo in Reno. I said, what? <laughs> you can't say that in one sentence. <laughs> and I went, and guess what? There were gay cowboys. Shocking. Cowboys in cowboy boots and cowboy hats and cowboy shirts. It just, my, my brain just, I had trouble comprehending it, but it's true. And you'd never know. I mean, you'd never know. They show up in their F-150, Ford F-150s with their skull in their back pocket and their tight Wranglers, just like some straight boy. And um, just one little difference, you know, they just twirl the other direction. Anyway, <laughs> so I was shocked. And so this next article is about farmers out in the Midwest where um, they're Farmers are far and few between, well, there's lots of farmers, but the, you know, proclivity towards the LGBTQ is far and few between. And um, so let's, let's, let me just read, it's kind of interesting. Growing up on her family farm in Coggin, Coggin, Utah, Shay Pesek could, uh, couldn't envision being able to have uh, a life she wanted here. She didn't know any queer people in agriculture. I really didn't feel like that was an option for me, Pesic said. So I thought for me to be out and have a wife and have this out relationship or like to even find a date and date someone, I needed to be to move to a city. So that's what I did. I left and I moved away for eight years. But ag agriculture called me back to her eastern Iowa from San Diego. Uh, and a while after returning, she met Anna Hawk Hankins who had moved from the East Coast to work on a farm. Together, they started 
Over the Moon Farm and Flowers in 2019. It's a direct-to-consumer farm uh, with livestock and flowers. Hankins said now she and Pasek are the examples, especially for people who can't or don't want to leave, that you can live in rural Iowa, farm and be queer. I know that some people, <laughs> I do know some, uh, for some people, we are uh, for sure probably the first queer couple they have ever interacted with. So what's what I, I, I bring this back to a program I saw a few years ago that now, certainly with the internet, the, these rural communities and um, the farmer communities that uh, have this proclivity <laughs> can meet one another. And uh, they do. And they can have a full life doing what they love and being with whom with whom they love. And that warms my heart, I think, <laughs> to think that that can happen. Um, yes. So that's my feel good, my two feel good, uh, I care about and I love stories uh, that I found um, in the news this week. And I promise to share more with you. Now, I would be remiss, remiss. <laughs> If I didn't mention what I talked about last week at length, on and on and on, but I go on. And if any of you tuned in last week, I thought I had a short dissertation until I realized I'd gone on for like 45 minutes as my program was over. But I talked about something I felt was very important to Laguna Beach, and I felt it is important, and I'm going to go there again right now. And I am going to go further with it. I've decided this last week as I talked to a few other people. And that is the five-year plan. And if you tuned in last week, the five-year plan was um, a plan for Laguna Beach that I felt um, all things considered, all the, the wonderful things that are going on in Laguna Beach. It's a plan to augment and help and boost and drive forward uh, and bring a, a more thriving, more more. Uh, more, um, I want to say, vibrant Laguna Beach and uh, hopefully uh, help it become even more what it is uh, that we like and less of what perhaps we have some angst with. Um, and it's a five-year plan that has three pillars and the three pillars um I discussed at length. So I won't. I won't go on with them here. But they they support the plan, and so I'm thinking what I want to do is have a panel discussion next and bring together uh, someone to represent each one of the three pillars. Now, the nice thing for me, I feel, is that I have no agenda. I'm independent. I am not. Um, I'm not financially supported by any one of the pillars. I'm not financially supported by uh, uh, any special interests. I am neutral and I am hope to be the moderator and the facilitator on some level of some of these, um, uh, I guess, pillars that I hope that will be, hope will be something, make some kind of contribution to the community. That's my hope. And my reward is that uh, to see some of these things have some, some good um, good response and some good things happen as a result. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. So stay tuned on that one and hopefully we'll get um, uh, maybe a remote, a live remote, you know. I um, would like to work with the station, see if we can't develop our live remote uh, capacity. And uh, it's something that has we've been a bit restricted with, with for, some, for some very good reasons. Uh, but it's something we have uh, uh, tried, been working working on, uh, and maybe it's something in the future we'll be able to uh, to get sorted out. That's what we're doing. So um, give us uh, some good hope <laughs> and wish us the best. And hopefully we can. Uh, I can have a. Um, I don't want to call it a town hall, but I want it to be a um, let's say a perspective on the pillars. The PP, Perspective on Pillars. 
and the five-year plan. And I can blame it all on Tony Eisman because she is the one who brought up a five-year plan. And and in five years, what's going to happen? Laguna Beach will be 100 years old. And so I think it's appropriate to have a five-year plan to get us there. <laughs> that's that's my plan. And I hope to be here in five years and see it, <laughs> see what's happened and see the progress we've made. I think we could do some some really wonderful things to enhance the art, enhance the culture, enhance the infrastructure, enhance the, the uh, notoriety and the uh, culture. All those things. Boy, that's a tall order. <laughs> but, you know, I'm crazy enough to, to think about it and, and put this in your pipe and smoke it. The certainty of change brings the certainty of opportunity. And it's the smart one who looks at that change for what the opportunity is. So we're looking at change and opportunity here in lovely Laguna Beach. This is Craig on KXFM 104.7. I hope you've enjoyed the show today. I am bringing it to close. Ida May is here and she's chomping at the bit like she always is to get in here and talk to her fan base <laughs> and share the love as we all do here at KXFM 104.7. And um yeah, have a wonderful day, and I'll see you or hear you be back again next week uh, with Rainbow Radio. Love you all, and uh, tune in again, okay? I love you. Tell someone you love them, too.